Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at Real Deal Talk, and today we have special guest, um, and you guys know how I do it. I'm always very excited about the guest, but this one in particular, Dr. Melinda Silva. Now, Melinda and I met, um, We, you know what, we met at like a, I think we first met at a charity function, didn't right, we? Right, it was a fundraiser event. It was a fundraiser event. You were with um, Maria, mm-hmm. right, with, we met you through right. Maria, um, Maria when, Arcega Dunn mm-hmm. from... Fox doing, 5. Yes, when I was doing my Fox 5, I was a medical correspondent for Fox 5 yep. for about six years, and I did a segment called Ask the Moms, and I was one of the moms on the segment. Oh, my gosh. So now, originally, I actually thought that you were a naturopath. Right. But when you walked in today, you kind of said, no, not quite. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, something a little bit even more unique than that. So do me a favor. Explain to our audience here today, um, and we'll get a little bit more into, you know, the, the backstory of how we met, but t- uh, explain what the type of doctor that you are, because it was fascinating. So I am a medical doctor trained in California, Yep. and I practice mainstream medicine. I'm board certified in family medicine, and I worked for Kaiser for 13 years. And then something happened to me. I started having changes in my body that left me unrecognizable to myself. I was losing my hair. I started to get belly fat. You know, I had my fourth baby when I was 40 years old. Wow. So it was changes that made me not like myself. And I wasn't the nurturing mother to my four kids because I was, you know, was not patient. I was irritable, and that's not who I am. So I knew that there were changes going on, and I really wanted to get help. And when I went to my primary care doctor, they gave wanted to give me Prozac and birth control pills. Of course. And I knew that that wasn't going to be the answer for me. So I had to look outside of mainstream medicine to figure out what I can do to get myself back to me And that's when I found out about integrative functional medicine that looks at the root causes of disease that helps your body to heal naturally. And I found out about the plant-based bioidentical hormones. So they're not the synthetic hormones that cause cancer or heart disease that women are afraid to take. They are plant-based hormones. And those hormones help me to have optimal cellular functioning, which meant that I was able to sleep again. I wanted to have sex again. Oh my I wanted gosh. my hair. My my hair grew back. I got um, my body back. I was I was me again. And but that meant I had to leave mainstream medicine to be able to offer it to other people. So I did a two year fellowship in functional and integrative medicine. So I'm double board certified. So I'm a a doctor in allopathic medicine, the traditional medicine, but I ended up doing a focus on integrative functional medicine. So I bridge those two worlds. I bridge the worlds between Eastern and Western medicine, which for me is the best of both worlds. I take the best of both worlds so that not only I could be healthier, but I could offer that to my patients. I wanted people to know that they have a choice. I treat both men and women, but a lot of the times, women, we just thought that was our rite of passage. We just, you know, we we have labor during pregnancy. We have a period every month, and some of us suffer more than others. So I just thought, oh, when we lose our hormones, it's going to be the same thing. We're just going to suffer. It was a rite of passage. 
until I realized it is not, that mm. you do have a choice. But for me, that choice had to be healthy. I wasn't going to take something that was going to be worse than the disease, right? <clears throat> right. So for me, I wanted to make sure I always come from a place of health. So that's why I ended up doing a fellowship. And I left mainstream medicine. And now I have a thriving practice just on holistic health and taking care of patients and helping them feel themselves again, feel strong and feel vibrant at any age. So my practice is anti-aging and wellness, but it's really age management, right? So I take you where you're at and just help you to just age more gracefully. And speaking of aging gracefully, mm -hmm. um, ladies and gentlemen, please take a look at Dr. Melinda Silva mm -hmm. here. And if you notice, she said when she was 40. Yes. So that means she's older than 40, which is hard to believe. G give them the number, please. Well, you know? my, my youngest, like I said, uh, she was 40. I was 40 yep. when yeah. she was born is now going to start UCLA this year. She's 18. She's 18. So, and I'm going to be 59, 59. in Nine. Folks, yes. take a look. Okay, <laughs> yes, so. But I tell people, remember, my magic wand is broken, so I have to walk the walk, right? <laughs> I have to practice what I preach. Exactly so people, what I was getting at. Yeah, people are not going to trust me if I don't take care of myself. So I really practice all of what I tell my patients to do. Wow. And, yeah. I, I love that. Look, I mean, look at this. Talk about yes. a, the poster child for your own practice of what you do. What are they going to say? They're going to look at you and go, well, how can you help me when you're 59 and you look yeah. like you're 29? Well, they're going to say, I want what you want. Exactly. I want you, what you have. Totally. So, so, but, you know, I I work for it, though. Yes, I do. it's work. I, it's it, a lot it of is. work. It but, is. But what's the contrary? Because I always say... Short-term mm -hmm. pain, long-term pleasure. Right. The, the work is a little bit painful, mm -hmm. but long-term, look at Look at the life you're living. Right. You just did another fitness competition. Right. How, I'm how, stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. You right. feel better. You're mm -hmm. sleeping better. You look. Mm -hmm. That's pleasure. Right. But most people go the opposite. They do the short-term pleasure game, mm -hmm. which is eating whatever you want, not taking care of doing whatever you want, not even thinking about it. But then long-term pain is when they end up late, mm -hmm. right? And they right. feel terrible, look terrible. Because they're not doing anything that's, you know, painful in the beginning. Right. So, all right. So, and because we're going to get, we're going to get more into that, into depth into that. But I also want to, which is, which is um, customary for my show here, because I want to mm -hmm. dig in a little bit on the backstory um, to find out where, how Melinda got to where you were going into medicine and doing all that stuff. All right. So we're going to go back a little bit here, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, let's go back to where, where were you uh, born and raised? Well, I was born in the Philippines, ah. and my father was in the in the Navy. And so we traveled when I was two years old, um, to, first to Hawaii, and then we lived in Texas. And I was happy that he was in the Navy because I find myself most comfortable by the water. Yeah. So we moved around a lot every two years, but it was always by the water. So it was really nice. So I lived on all coasts of America. And luckily, he ended up retiring in San Diego. Now, which, which Navy was he in? Was he in the United States Navy? Yes, he was in the U.S. Navy. <clears throat> he so, was recruited to, to fight in the war, the um, Vietnam War. Yeah. And he, he, he brought myself and my younger brother and my mom um, into the United States. He was able to bring us. And he was so proud to be in the Navy. Yeah. 
um, I just lost him a couple of oh, years ago sorry. Um, during COVID, and that was a really hard time for yeah. me. But he was the one that actually helped me to to do fitness, yeah. even when he passed, because I was in a dark place. I was mm. in despair. And my friend that was a trainer said, we have to get you out of this funk. And he said, I'm going to train you so that you could focus on the physical strength of your body. Yeah. And it worked. And But me being so competitive and, and needing a goal, I just couldn't exercise for the sake of exercise. I needed right. to, to have a goal. So he gave me one month to compete in my first competition, which I knew I wasn't going to be ready yeah. the way that I wanted to be ready. And that keeps a lot of people from going forward, right? But I knew I was going to be better than where I was. Totally. And that was what was important to me. And for me, I wasn't really in competition with anyone else except for myself. Yes. So as long as I kept that in focus and I knew that I was doing this so that I could be better for me, then I knew I was going to be happy. But it put me on a strict schedule of training yep. and eating. Um, I was known as the cookie monster, right? Yeah, yeah. I never met a cookie I didn't like. I just <laughs> love cookies. And for three months, I didn't take sugar. No sugar for three months. Wow. And that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Because... There's so many things that had sugar. Even my favorite deli meat yeah. had less than 2% of sugar for as a preservative. So if I didn't look at that, I wouldn't know. Yeah. So I looked at all the labels and I just realized the sodium content of things. And I'm wondering, wow, no wonder I gained like two pounds just by eating like tuna, you know, yeah. canned tuna and deli sandwiches. And you thought you're eating healthy, but if you don't, look at the sugar or sodium content of foods, it just can lead you astray. Yeah. So for me, it just was a wake-up call on what I needed to do to, to be at the fitness level that I wanted to be. And it was really hard because I, I had hurt myself at CrossFit when I was about 50 years old. Oh, yeah. And I hurt my wrist, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to do that again. And then when I was 57, I just found the right trainer. Yeah that helped me to modify the exercises so that I could not, um, you know, I could push myself without hurting myself. Right. Because that was what's important. And then I ended up, that was two years ago, and I ended up winning 11 titles in Master Fitness. Oh, my gosh. Um, for bikini, <clears throat> for, you know, for, um, which I never thought I would ever do. Yeah. <laughs> Really, never thought I would ever do in my whole life. And so you had but, never done a competition then? No. Nope. I thought you did. No, I did martial arts. I, I was, um, I'm very proud to say I was actually the first American to receive a silver glove in Savat, which is French kickboxing. Yeah. Um, when I was at UCLA, my, wow. my boyfriend was my um, my trainer. and But I'm very, like, focused, right? Yeah. So martial arts gave me that foundation for discipline, yes. right? That helped me through medical school and whatever I wanted to do. And, but I'm very goal-oriented. So that's what I was shooting for. And, you know, wow. usually I, you know, my husband will say, well, how come you always get what you want? Because I usually don't stop until I get until it, you do. right? Yeah. I just keep working at it. doesn't mean that you don't ever fail. Right. It just means that you don't ever quit. Yes. Right? And so for me, I just... 
I just keep going until I get what I want. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think that that is really what helps me to stay successful and, and be able to do everything that I do. And ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you just listened to that. Um, that you paid attention. You just never quit. Because <laughs> right. the key, quit. the key in mm-hmm. life, in whatever you're going after, whatever it is, mm-hmm. next level business, fitness, um, it doesn't matter. the The moral of the story is just don't quit. Because eventually, mm-hmm. eventually, you're going to get there. Yes, you will. If that's what you want, yeah. right? And if sometimes you... you have a path, and you're going along this journey that you think is where you want. And then you get a detour. Mm. And that's okay, I tell people. When something doesn't happen for you at that moment in your life, it's because you're meant to take a different path. Yes. Doesn't mean that you're still not going to get to where you want to be. It just may mean it's not for you right now at that moment in life. And then that's okay. Yeah. Because as long as, you know, I tell people, people will tell me, oh my God, you know, I went to my my reunion in high school and I remember going to my 10 year reunion and I saw people and they thought, Oh wow, you actually are, you know, you're in medical school, you're doing it. And they're like, I thought that would take so much time, but yes, time passes for all of us. Yep. Time's going to pass. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about how long something's going to take because as long as you're enjoying the, the ride, you're enjoying the process. It really doesn't matter right. if you're doing something that's meaningful to you. And that's what I tell people. It doesn't matter how long anything yes. takes if it's meaningful, right? Yes. And you're meaningful. And, and that's what I, and I, that's how I try to live my life. I want to do things. I always want to do things that are right. I always want to do th- things well. And I, I always want to be true to myself, right? And, and, and like you said, <clears throat> it, as long as you're enjoying the right. process, yeah, this, that's this, what it's all about. That's what I say. If you're, if you're, if you love the journey, yes. why does it matter how long it takes? doesn't matter. It doesn't. Because really life is a journey. Why not enjoy every yeah. single aspect and every minute of the journey? Right. and then It's I, so simple, yeah, right? And I remember when I saw my someone told me, wow, I should have done this or whatever they wanted yeah. to do, but they didn't because they thought it took too much time. But guess what? We were here at the same, the same moment in time, and this is where we're at. And are you happy where you're at, basically? Are you happy where you're at? Are yes. you living the life of your dreams right yes. now? Yes. Are you happy where you're at? And if you're not, well, make... The path to get yes. there, and that's what you want to do. It doesn't Correct. really matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter um, what detours you have in life, as long as you're enjoying the journey. Is you know. So for me, because I have been accused of being too happy, if that can ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. And I've great. actually lost. I actually have lost friends because they said you're just way too happy. For yeah, me. they can't handle it. They can't handle it, and they say, "Why are you so happy?" And I say, "Why not?" Right. Right. Life's if you have good. A choice. Why? I mean, why not? And so, um, for me, it's just, you know, I, I, I tell people I'm happy because I'm grateful because mm. I have blessings because yes. that's what I focus on. I focus on what I have in my life, not what I don't have. Right. Which, which right there, right mm-hmm. there, folks, hold on a second, hold on. Mm-hmm. You focus on what you have right. and not what you don't have. Because let right. me, how many mm-hmm. people focus on what they don't have? Give the percent, so, many. so many. And that's why they're never happy. So many. Yes. There and then is. that's why you're not going to be exactly. happy, right? If you focus on what you don't have. So for me, and I try to tell, and I try to that's it. teach my kids, and that's why my kids are 
hopefully it's number on the one right path i tell them you know focus on what you have in life and that's always going to be your your northern life be right? great and be grateful be grateful, be grateful for live what you gratitude. have was, live with gratitude that's the best if i had one piece of advice that i, I give my kids because remember yep. i have four of them yes <laughs> so, i know and thank god ha- they're handsome, all doing well handsome <laughs> men and um, a gorgeous daughter yeah. your family is Just, freaking ridiculously um what's blended good looking, right good looking blended i think the blended families have you get the best of both you, right i have mexipinos yes right? i'm filipino yeah, my husband's your husband's mexican. mexican that's right so i have mexipinos and i just <laughs> i love you know living in chula vista there's yeah. a lot of mexicans and filipinos so there's there's quite a few mexipinos <laughs> i thought that that was unique i love that i love unique, it but what whatever yeah whatever mix that is it, it's something i'll tell you that right it's, it's, but all mixes like you and your 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 family's gorgeous yeah. and you yeah. have a beautiful wife yes and you have the blended family we do. i just i just love blended <clears throat> families i Me just too. think they're just gorgeous me too. Um, I think it's uh, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. By the way, yeah, I think it's cool it to, you know, that we and and it's not even um, you know this day and age with the whole everybody trying to separate us and make us fight against each other. Well, you actually live longer, right? So they notice when you mix up the genes. Really? Yes. So just mixing up the genes. Yeah. In different um, ethnic groups is survival of the fittest. Get out of here. No, I'm not lying to you. So if you look at um, different, like royal families, for example, because they kind of stayed within the family and married their cousins, some of them actually died off. Their lineage died off. Really? Because their genes were too alike. No way. And they were more likely to have genetic disorders, which they did. And so it's not healthy to... To stay with, you know, like, you know, that's why you don't marry your cousin, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's one reason. You gotta reason. mix up the genes. <laughs> that's, that's one reason. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta mix up the genes a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> so That's you, crazy. Yeah. I never knew. So, so, folks, get out there and find someone that's not the same as you. Yeah. Is that what we're saying here? And that's what opposites attract, right? Yeah. I say that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> okay. So, let's go. Let, I, I, let's go back again because... You said that your dad, if if he was a from the Philippines, how did he get into the U.S. Navy? That's the first well, question you I know, have. That's um, one of the wave of immigrants that came to the, the United States. Yeah, okay, let's let's dig they, into this a little they, bit. They um, they recruited a lot of Filipinos. Really, the Philippines was going to be the fifty first state Shut of up. the union. Did, and most did you know this, Spencer? <clears throat> most people you knew that? don't know that. No. Most people don't know that. The Philippines was going to be the fifty-first. Really, state. and but uh, people hey, fought. Hey, hey, Asian boy, Filipino did you, boy. Did you? Know you're, that? you're what are you, Korean? Japanese, Japanese same yeah. thing. <laughs> I do the Asian thing. Yeah. Every podcast I because my wife's Asian, so yeah. I can say anything with Asian yes. stereotypes. And there's an Asian friend. Yeah. So Chris, did you know this that the Philippines is going to be the fifty-first state? They were going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they should have been. It would have been a lot better for the Filipino yeah. people, but they didn't end up being um, the fifty-first state. But it was very strategic, the Philippines Islands, the Philippine Islands, there's over 7,000 islands. And so the U.S. had a lot of Navy bases, yeah. U.S. Navy bases on the Philippines. So they recruited a lot of the Filipinos to, to join the U.S. Navy and to fight in the war. So that was one of the wave um, of immigrants that came from the Philippines. The other wave, which a lot of you know, were the wave of what we call the brain drain, the nurses and doctors. 
That's why you have a yeah. lot of Filipinos. Is that why? <laughs> I never knew why. Like if you go to any hospital in San Diego, how many Filipino yeah, they're all, nurses? They're all of them. How many Filipino all nurses do you see? So they really took a lot I'm of I'm so the, happy that, about that was, this. Yeah, there was a, <laughs> I'm teaching you a lot. Yes, today, right? I never knew this. Because yeah. I worked with them. They're all around the little, yeah. the little Filipinos. They're yeah, everywhere. The Filipinos. The Filipinos. Because you know why? Because there isn't an F. There isn't yeah, an why? F in the Filipino language. It's a Filipino. So there's, there's a, they say everything with P. So yeah. P. Filipino. Yeah, yeah. It's not Filipino. That's right. Filipino. Right. So, you know, they're like, it's, it's very, I'm going to eat some fish today. <laughs> some fish today. Fish today. Fish. So yes, yeah, so the the <laughs> there are a lot of nurses, right, and and doctors. My, my so they say puck. Yeah, puck you. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the pucker. Oh my god, that's so, so funny. Um, All right, so no, give it to me so again. The, so they the recruited nurses, them for nurses and doctors. Yeah, they they recruited a lot of the nurses and doctors. One of my um my favorite uncle and aunt were doctors in the Philippines, and they came here, and so it was in the family, right, to um. To be nurses, so there's a lot of it. Just, it just continues the generations. So, um, my brother's also a nurse, right? Yeah. And then his daughter's a nurse. Yeah. So you just keep making so, a lot of Filipino nurses. <clears throat> so we just went over there and said, yeah. "Do you want to be a nurse?" No, they're already nurses, and they took them. Oh, they, they already they, nurses. They, they offered them status. Got it. They offered them citizenship. Oh my God! How to come great to the is United that? States to work. So that was a that was a. Uh, Away but did they have to join the military as well? No, or they no? did not. Because a lot of the my... people that were in the U.S. Navy, they yeah. did. So they they received their United States citizenship that way, and then that's how my mother received her citizenship status. And then, of course, that's how I was a I wasn't a citizen until I was sixteen years old. Really? Yeah, I had to, you know, because I'm I was born in the Philippines. But, but you came over here with your dad because he was two in the years military. Old. Two. And we were on a boat, and my mom was seasick. And she was seasick, and she was sick for a month because it wasn't like, you know, a direct route. Yeah. We had to go all oh, yeah. around the world from the Philippines. And my mom had me and my my younger brother, and she was sick every day for 30 <laughs> days. Oh, no. <laughs> Bless her heart. Because being seasick is the worst. Was, so she was sick for 30 days. But she what wanted boat us was to get this? It was a, one of the ships. Oh, it was one of the Navy ships? Yeah, one of the I don't remember. I was yeah. two years old, but that's yeah. what my, my mom had told me. But my dad was actually on the Midway. The He's, Midway? Yeah, he was. The Get one that's right here. here. Yes. He was so proud to be in the Navy. He loved being in there. I remember he would clean his shoes, his his black shoes and yeah. his buckle and his yeah. hat. And, and he was just so proud. And I remember... Um, my mom being a single mom for six to nine months yeah. out of the right, year, cause he would right? Because he would be deployed, and I was the oldest of four, so I was very maternal at a very young age. I took care of my my younger brothers and sisters, and I remember going one day to the ship and going with all of these other fatherless families to this mess hall and saying Merry Christmas to my dad on video. Yeah. Because we didn't have, you know, right. FaceTime. No, or nothing. We couldn't talk on the phone or nothing. anything. But they would video us, and they would send it to to him so that they could get Christmas yeah. greetings. And, yeah. and I remember doing that. I remember <clears throat> thinking to myself, wow. And then I remember when we would 
when he'd come home and he'd show us his ship, the, the ship, and he was so proud. Yeah. And I was walking on the ship, and I thought, wow, it's so small, like the beds yeah. that they sleep in. Like, yeah. They're oh, like little, like, they're cots. Ca- they're that called like, racks. Yeah. And I thought, wow, but he was so happy and so proud to be in the Navy. Yeah, I'll never forget that. I still can't yeah. believe that I slept in that little tiny, I know. like, it's, rack. It's crazy. So I love, I help a lot of, in my in my practice, right? It's one of my greatest joys is to be there be able to help military oh, wow. so i help a lot of military because in m- most people will have some kind of um if not injury physically right just being in the military there's a lot of ptsd yeah. and there's a lot of <clears throat> issues with fatigue and energy issues and so i'm really proud in my practice that i could help oh that's great yeah, no, i love so, that so i love that's one of my greatest joys and, and I so my dad I love that. I love the fact that he was just so proud. He was so proud. He was so, so proud. So proud, so patriotic, and just like he just he just loved serving. And how long did know. he serve for? Do you remember how many 27 years? 27 years. 27 yes. years. Wow. Yes, he did. And, and so that brought you, obviously, here. Uh-huh. You said you were all over the country. Yes, right? I used to have a southern accent, actually. You did? Yes. Can you believe that? No. No, I was in, the, I, I remember living in the south in New Orleans and Gulfport, Mississippi. And you actually picked up a southern accent? I did. I used to say y'all, and if I talked to someone from the south long enough, I might say y'all again. Y'all you know? again. <laughs> How long it's were you crazy. there? I was there for about six years. Oh, six years. Wow. Yeah, well, we moved around every yeah. couple of years, but I, I thought that was one of the reasons why I'm so flexible yeah. and adaptable, because I had to be. You had to be. Because I had to go from one yeah. school to the next, and I was always the new kid. So when I landed in Imperial Beach, when I was in seventh grade, I yeah. went to Mar Vista High School. Yep. I was really shy because I had a Southern accent, and it was the first time that I had seen so many Filipinos. It was like a culture shock to me because where I lived in the South, there weren't Filipinos. Right. Uh, not in my school. There were you were black or white, yeah. and I was in the middle. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. brown. Brown, and so literally, where I sat on the bus, the white people sat in front of me, the black people sat behind me. And seriously, yeah. I was like right, right in the middle. I was right in the middle, and they didn't know where I came from. And they were like, "You?" They say, "Where are you from?" I say, "I'm from Philippines." Oh, you're lying, girl. You know you're from Japan. They would just make up things yeah. and lie and <laughs> laugh and laugh at me because they never heard of the Philippines yeah. before. So when I came to Imperial Beach, I was like, wow, there's a lot of Filipinos here. And then I was shy because I had a Southern accent. Yeah. And then people want to talk to me because I had a Southern accent. Yeah. And they never seen Filipino with a Southern accent. Wow. So that was pretty comical. And that, so, so that was seventh grade. Yes. And then you, you, you've been here ever since. Yes. Well, I went to, um, I graduated from Sarah High School and they now changed the name to Canyon Hills or something because it was, it used to be Junipero Sarah. Yeah. In and where, where Santa. Is that? Tier Santa. Okay, Tier right Santa. No kidding. Yeah. Well, because I graduated from there and I was the first graduating class of that school. Really? Yes. And I remember I was the, um, yeah, I was ASB president. I was so proud Aww. because I, there were never, there was never a woman that was, you know, a girl that was. And what's ASB? ASB, Associated ASB. Student Body. There we go. See, that <laughs> shows how good I was in school. I know. And What's the SB? Went, uh, I went to UCLA. I barely graduated. Undergraduate. <laughs> I ended up going to UCLA, and then I went to UC Davis for medical school. Yeah. I did my residency. All right, so hold on, hold on. Go back to high school. 
right? Hold on. Now, were you in Tierra Santa because that's military housing yes, over there? Yes, they had military that's housing. That's what I thought. I remember. And my dad had an Impala. He should have kept it. He had an Impala. I love that green Impala. It was very long and it was made <laughs> was, of steel. It was like it was, it was made solid. of steel. I would it, hope. You know, and it was this. It was the seats that you know. There were six of us, right? Yeah. There were four kids, and then the and I got to sit in the middle, yeah. in the front, because I was the oldest. And it was, and I sat between my mom and my dad when they had center seats. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. The yeah. cars that had center seats. Yeah. And I think the time that they stopped having there was one big seat. Yeah, one big seat. Across. And then the time that they split that center seat and they made the console, yeah. I swear, that's when there were more divorces. <laughs> I swear. They have you more swear divorce. by. I swear by. Yeah. The because seats. before we used to sit closer to each other. That's true. We used to sit closer. You're together. totally right. Yeah. I've totally forgotten about then, that. Yeah, and and families were closer, and and then now, yeah. yeah there was I, even I remember, a little. Wasn't there a little seatbelt in the middle too? Yeah. Well, eventually. Right? Yeah. 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 Eventually, <laughs> not they didn't have yeah. it in the beginning. <laughs> they did in the beginning, <laughs> but um, but I remember I remember being able to sit and 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 we didn't have anything to like simulate our brains except for talking to each other right actually and looking talking. outside and playing games like you know guess where those people come from and and that car yeah. or or making up words with the license plates that we would see but we had to interact with each other yeah. because remember we lived all over the country and i was the one that navigated my dad because we didn't have GPS. I was the GPS. Yeah. I remember when I was nine map. years old with a map. With the Thomas Guide. No, I kid you not. Whatever it was. Because my my mom, her first language was not English. So I read the map. I remember when I was nine years old and we would travel across the country. And How did we and get around? I know. How, how do we, even, how do, how do, we, we do this? I can't. If but I, I can't remember. But the thing is, is that our brains were just stimulated by conversation. Yeah. By the radio. Wow. Like, you know, talking what, to each other, what a singing songs and interacting. And I remember those days and I just, and I just thought, and, but I never thought, you know, maybe it was idle time, but I never thought I was like bored. You, a kid doesn't have the phone for like 30 seconds like, and yeah. they're bored. You're bored. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they they, they bored. don't even know what to do with themselves. <laughs> they don't know what to do. You know, it's because their mind isn't constantly being stimulated yes and you know i worry about that i worry i worry about that oh about yeah what we're doing and, and we're going to get yeah. into that more yeah. we're, we're going to dig into that a little bit you don't for, mind if i have some no, more please. caffeine because it's really good for my brain it feels good though. It, is it, it is it's, it's a really good, good it's a good smooth mm -hmm. energy it's got about 150 milligrams of caffeine in there it's uh c4 i don't it's work for the company but this is a plug for my yeah. c4 energy drink with stevia one of the healthiest energy drinks on the market yeah, anyway so I like, and I it's like good right yeah yeah it's got a nice little smooth energy all right, so so when you were in high school, mm -hmm. what made you decide to go to? You went. You said you went right to medical school. No, I went to UCLA. You UCLA to to first before medical school. Okay, got it. So so what uh, what did you when you went to? What give me the so whole actually, scenario? So actually, I thought I wanted to. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Yeah, I actually like journalism. Hmm. So, but they didn't have a major. Can you believe in of in journal, of journalism at UCLA? They didn't. No, I was an excellent. I was an excellent writer. What made you go to UCLA? First of all, because I wanted to go to a really great university. You know, it's the number one public university, yeah. right? But I didn't want to be too far away from home. Okay. So uh, my mom was really strict with me. I, oh, you no. know, I didn't get Little to go. Mom. Yeah, I didn't get to go out. You know, without chaperones. Oh, yeah. Just 
you know, so I wanted to be away and have my independence, but I didn't want to be that far. Not too far. And I just loved the UCLA campus. I mean, you could be whoever you wanted to be at UCLA. So I was really proud. Um, My daughter's going to go there this this, semester. this year. Oh, she and, is? Yeah. Oh, wow. She got accepted. Yay. It's really hard. They had <clears throat> over 149,000 applications. It's the most uh, accepted or most uh, applied to college in the world. In the world. So Wow. <clears throat> so I went over there, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do be of service. So I actually thought that I wanted to do teaching. Hmm. So I actually taught after UCLA. I worked for my master's in public health at Northridge, and I taught health education. Wow. And I was really fascinated with the human body. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is great. I could learn how the human body works and teach people about it. And then I thought, what else could I do? And then it led me to think about going to medicine. So um, I applied to medical school, and I... And I was lucky enough to get into California schools and chose UC Davis because they had a really good program in primary care. I knew that I wanted to to work with and serve the general population. I worked at a homeless clinic in Venice. Wow. Right? Um, That's when I was doing my martial arts, and I lived in Venice Beach and... Went to Gold's Gym. I don't yes, know if you've heard of you Gold's did? Gym. Yes, my boyfriend was this That's huge the light of... competitor. Yeah, of uh, the same time Arnold Schwarzenegger was there and everything. Yeah, this is the mecca of bodybuilding. Yes. I can't believe you've been so, there. So, and I used to think to myself, how can they exercise for two hours on one muscle? You know, <laughs> yeah. These people, they're like so focused. Oh yeah. So like, wow, they're gonna just work on their triceps for two hours. <laughs> they do. <laughs> And now I know because now I'm, I'm, I'm that's what, you yeah. know, I, I don't work out for two hours, right. 45 minutes, yeah. but you, you can work on one muscle group. Yeah. That's but it's so just, funny. It's just really Did you ever not. see Arnold back in the day? I did not. No. I did not. I, I, my, me and my homies from back in the PB days mm-hmm. in the 90s when, yes. we were, when we were in our, in our 20s. Yeah. That was our big trip was we'd go up to Venice for mm-hmm. two days and we'd literally just go to the gym like four times in two days and yeah. we'd just eat food. That's We'd go to that the, yeah. the Firehouse Cafe yes. where yes. they had whole chickens on the menu mm-hmm. and we'd just eat with the other bodybuilders. Yeah. We'd no, love, it was, that's it all we, we'd love doing that. That's fun. And yeah. then how about the street performers down on the boardwalk? Oh, I love it. it right? right? You right? just, people watching is so much fun, yeah. but, you know, at Venice, it's just so much fun. It's a crazy place. Yes. But I heard yeah. it's getting a little bit, a little, I, bit a little bit seedy now, a little really? bit rough. I haven't, I I don't haven't know. been there in yeah. a while. So, 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 and you distinctly remember, so you, you, you dated a bodybuilder guy? I did. Oh, yeah. He's huge. <laughs> He's huge. <laughs> how did that go? <laughs> We won't go too far into this, yeah. but I'm curious. <laughs> no, it's, it was good. He was nice guy? Super nice. Aww. Super nice. You know, he you know, looks, looks very intimidating. Oh, really? Yeah, this big white dude. This and, big white dude? And then, then I was like kind of, you <laughs> Your know. tiny little thing. Little and you know, they call UCLA University of Caucasians lost among Asians, right? Are you so serious? Like Come on. <laughs> University... <laughs> I didn't know that. That's that's at least when I went there. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. All right. So, what at what point at UCLA Mm. did you decide that you wanted to go to medical school? It was actually after when I graduated when I was teaching. 
mm, I was teaching at no Northridge, and I and and I was pursuing my my master's, and I thought to myself, actually, I had a boyfriend who was going to medical school, and I thought to myself, huh, I could do what he does. Yeah, he was talking to me about the things that he did, and I thought, hmm, I can do that. And so remember, this was about okay, I'm, you know, yeah, dating myself. This was. Like in the 80s. Yeah. So when I went to medical school, I started in 1989. There were still more men than women that were in medical school. Yeah. It was very, it's still very, you know, not like accepted per se. You know, there's yeah. still yeah. Um, right. issues like when I was in medical school, they always assumed I was the nurse, right? Of course. You know, this yeah. is almost more than 30 years ago, yeah. 35 years ago. So, you know, I've been a doctor for a long time, so I've seen things change, Yes, you know, with every <clears throat> decade. And I think now, I think there might be more women than, than men. Is in that medicine. right? I think so. Or it's just a, it's about, um, I, I thought someone had, had mentioned that. I have to look at yeah. that, but I think it might be, the percentages might be at least equal. But when I went, there was definitely more men than women in medicine. And what do you what do you remember for that from that time? Like, what did, did you love it right away? Was it really hard? I loved it because loved it. I love learning. Yeah, and that's when I I knew that I wanted to go into a field where I wasn't going to get bored, where there was always going to be something for me to learn, something for me to be better at, something for me to say, "Wow, this is like fascinating," and um, and that's why I was so happy that I chose medicine and I would do medical school again in a heartbeat. I have colleagues that would rather shoot themselves in the foot yeah. than go to medical school again. <laughs> but for me, it was so much fun. Wow. It was like, it was so much fun for me. I just love learning and, and, and yeah, it was hard, but it was, it was what I wanted to do. Yeah. Right. And that's what I tell people. If it's what you want to do, it doesn't matter how long it takes yeah. or if it's hard. So what? It's you know it, you're it's it's what you want to do and and for me I knew it was I was I was at home I knew that's what I wanted to do and so I just uh, I I thrived and I loved it but when I went to medical school there were we didn't have cell phones no we didn't have computers nope. no no computers no cell phones okay so think, think about, about this that. yeah all the projects that we did and everything we did we wrote by hand so if for some reason you lost it like one of the 30 papers you might have to do the whole thing over again yeah. because you, it you wasn't know, saved on it a computer somewhere it wasn't saved and so wow. when i went to residency that's when we started using computers and so when i was in residency i didn't even have a cell phone i just had a pager I remember they had a joke. If you had a if you had a pager, you're either a drug dealer or a doctor, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I was the doctor, but right. But I had a pager. I too had a pager. Yeah. Mm. And I remember, I had um, I was a really heavy sleeper, right? And I remember I would be afraid that I wouldn't hear the pager, so I'd wear a headband and I'd put the pager on my head. <laughs> Are you serious? Because yeah, because sometimes I would be happy if I could sleep for an hour. Yeah. Medical school is so much easier now, but when I went to medical school about 30 years ago, it was like you worked 80 to 100 hours or more wow. a week. Sometimes you didn't sleep. Like it was not healthy. No. Don't, it's not right, but sometimes you didn't sleep for, you know, 30 hours. Wow. Or more. Yeah. And, but now they since outlawed that. Yeah. 
But so I would be afraid that, oh, my God, I'm not going to hear like this pager. So I remember having that. And um, it was, it's, <laughs> we do put, what we have to do. Put it right on your forehead? I put it on my forehead. And then and, I would remember. And then so uh, that was UC Davis, you said? Yeah, UC Davis. And then I did my residency in Long Beach. In Long Beach. Long, Long Beach Memorial. So it was uh, associated with UC Irvine. So I have three UC degrees. UCLA, UC Davis, UC Davis and UC Irvine. So Basically, California train. California train. Yes. So how did you get down to San Diego? Because I had, at the time, I had my, my um, I was pregnant my fourth year of medical school, and so I knew that my most important job was going to be a mom. I actually married my anatomy lab partner. My husband was in medical school with me, and I decided instead of going wait, straight Wait, 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 wait. Say that again? You married who? My anatomy lab partner. Your anatomy lab partner right my so i had it was it was me and three guys on my my anatomy yeah. lab team yeah so um, and i married one of the guys in the on my team yeah no was, way yeah we're still together we just celebrated our 29th wedding anniversary Raphael. the other day yeah Raphael. yeah Raphael. we just uh, we've been together for 32 years that is un. I had no idea. Years. I remember that you met through the medical field. No, no, he was my he was my anatomy lab partner. <coughs> he went to medical school with me. Oh, I thought we're it was just together. the medical field. No, thirty three years later, we're still together. Oh, that's amazing. So I was pregnant with my our first child um, when I finished medical school, and instead of going straight to internship, yeah, I decided that I was going to take the year off and be a mom. Yep. Because for me, I know, I knew in my heart that being a mother was going to be my most important job. You knew it right oh, away. Knew, what? Without a doubt. Yeah. And ever since then, it's always been a balance. Yes. To, to you know, find that balance between my professional yep. and personal life. But I always knew that being a mom was going to be my most important job. You knew it right away. Oh, the first minute I had dreamt about my son two years before he was born. And I remember seeing his his face. He's yeah. it's exactly the way how, how he looked when he was two years old. And he was reaching out to me. And he says, don't worry, Mama. I'm going to wait for you. And then he walked out. Wow. And then he came into my life two years later. No kidding. So I knew that um, I was going to raise him yeah. and focus on him because the first year in life was important. Yeah. So I did that. And then... Um, Four years later, my my son Danny was born. Yep, and I was chief resident at the time, so it was wow. I was about to graduate from from residency, and um, and I had you know second son in tow, and then I needed to find a job, and I realized we were either going to live where family lived, yeah, which was going to be Salinas, California, yep. near Monterey Bay. Or San Diego, California, where my parents were, and my extended family, because you know it takes a village. Of course. So I wanted my um, my kids to be with extended family, and I was offered a job at UCSD um, and Kaiser, and I chose Kaiser because of the flexibility that I had, and you know I just I just really liked. Uh, um, that I could work part-time because my focus was going to be on my family. Yeah. Medicine is important, right. and it was something, it was, it was my career 
path that I had chosen, but I knew that, you know, I wanted to be soccer mom, Girl Scout mom, football mom, you know, work at the school. And so I did, you know, and they're like, wow, you're working as a doctor and you're stapling papers. I'm like, yeah. yes, because I'm here with my kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want them to know that they're the, the most important of thing course. to me. And so I love that. Yeah, I love it. So what uh, what position did you take at Kaiser? What was your first? Well, I was um, a staff physician and yep. I ended up being one of the physician leaders. Right. Because yep. actually I wanted to work part time, but they didn't let me at first yeah. because it wasn't as flexible. I actually had to fight, you know, to work part time. And my I still remember my um the chairman saying to me, no, six times. I said, I need to work part-time because I, I, I wanted to be there for my kids. And they kept saying, no, no, no. And the seventh time I said, okay, you, you're going to make me choose between my work and my yeah. family, and you know which one I'm going to choose. And they said, oh, okay, okay, you can work part-time. <laughs> and then I ended up being one of the physician leaders, and I loved my job yeah. you know, because I went into family medicine because I have relationships with my patients. Right. Right, you have a continuity of care, yes. right? As opposed to a specialist where, you know, you see a specialist and then they take care of your right. knee or your skin condition and then, then you go gone. back to your family doctor. Right, they're gone. Yeah. Yep. For me, I wanted that, you know, cradle to the grave relationship with my patients. And, and that's what I loved about family medicine. And really the focus of family medicine is prevention. Like people say, there's no specialty. Really a good family doctor focuses yeah. on prevention and keeps you healthy. Yes. And so I was always taking people off prescription drugs and talking about lifestyle medicine. So when mm. it came for me to learn about a more holistic way to practice yeah. doing this integrative functional medicine where I'm looking at how your body can heal naturally with nutrition and sleep and exercise, right? Yep. That's, it was very natural for me to go into that because that was already my view. Yes, you're already going medicine. there. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. So it was an easy transition for me to go into integrative and functional medicine. But, you know, I care about being good at what I do. So I actually did a fellowship. So after I learned, after I, I trained for 13 years, right, yeah. to be a family doctor, right. I took two more years with already having four kids, working part-time at Kaiser, and then studying part-time, doing my fellowship on bioidentical hormone therapy. Mm. So I was one of the... Um, the, the leaders and of um, bioidentical hormone therapy, bringing it to San Diego about 12 years ago. About 12 and, years ago. Yeah, and then I have my own practice you so, know, since then. Let me ask you this question. We're going to get, we're going to, we're going to, I can't wait to start digging in on that stuff, by the mm -hmm. way. But my question to you is what was it? It was, um, oh, when you were a family doctor with mm -hmm. Kaiser, and you were actually, because correct me if I'm wrong here, because most doctors are just prescribing pills. Right. Right. Would you agree with that? The majority of doctors are actually like like traditional doctors. Well, they well they learned how, that's how the, uh, <clears throat> that's what they learned to yes. do. And they have a minimal, uh, a minimal amount of time. So they're doing the best that they could, yeah. can do with their like seven minutes yeah. or 10 minutes yeah. if they're with the patient. Right. And the patient is expecting them to write them a prescription, right? right? That's what they do. They go to the doctor for that. And um, I was one of the doctors that always tried to talk people out of taking prescription That's my drugs. question is, how so, did that, so how did that just, go? Because I, I, 
How did that go? Like, were they like, um, well, the thing is, I would, I, I would always run behind <laughs> <right>? <laughs> because I wanted to talk to you patients. You were actually to, there to because I wanted to help, right? And but it took it was it was hard because in family medicine, when there's a lot of chronic disease, like yeah. diabetes and yes. cholesterol and blood pressure, they expected the pill, yes, and then they were they on their way, the pill. yeah. They, a lot of patients did that, and but when the patients didn't, and I could talk to them and I could convince them to, you know, eat a Mediterranean style diet and, and walk for 30 minutes or exercise, you know, consistently and, you know, sleep well and, you know, learn about other things in their life to help their bodies to heal. I got behind and I realized when I did my practice now, that's what I do. Yes. So, but I'm 45 minutes an hour with the patient. So I don't. Did they, did they, did you get in trouble for being behind? Well, give me those. Here's what, because I want to dig in on this because traditional medicine, mm -hmm. quote unquote, what is the format? I don't, we don't want you with seven to 10 minutes. Keep it moving. That's the average, but because that's, um, that's how it's structured, but yeah. So I didn't want to practice medicine that way, so that's yes. why I left. So they, but it's really hard, right? Because San Diego is it's over ninety percent like there's HMO yeah. everywhere, right? And they're really good doctors. There's really good, but the system yes. I didn't like. Okay, but the doctors are really good, yes. right? They're they're really good, but there's limited amount that you could do in the short period of time that you have with somebody. And I always tell people, have a good relationship with their primary care doctor. Yeah. And if you don't like the doctor you're with, you know, you have, it's your prerogative to choose somebody else. But for me, um, they're doing the best that they can with the short amount of time that they have, right? Yep. So for me, I decided I needed to be better. I needed to do better. And that's why I left mainstream medicine. Because for me, it was about spending the, the time with the patient to help them understand. Right. Um, how their body could heal naturally. So in when I was doing mainstream medicine, yes, they, they expected that prescription drug, and they didn't really care about the lifestyle stuff because they just wanted something that was going to be the, easier the for quick them. Fix. Right, the quick fix. But when I went into what I do now in my private practice, people pay me cash money. Yeah. So they're motivated. Right. So it's a different, right. it's a different um, paradigm, right? Totally, yes. Because I'm not taking their insurance, so they're paying me to help them be better. So believe mm. me, they're going to take my advice. Yes. They're going to want to work with me to help them because they have insurance coverage for Scripps, Sharp, Kaiser, whatever they have, right? Yep. But they're paying extra to see me because they want to be better and they want to be, they want to, do what they need to do. Yep. So they're being proactive, I Makes should say, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have to talk to them or convince them to eat right or exercise or the importance of sleep. I don't have to convince them of that because they've already bought into that. That's why they're seeing me. Right. Right? Yep. And so they just want me to help them heal their body naturally. So... It's a different paradigm, and I have that paradigm shift. So my focus is wellness. Yep. So I'm helping people to be better where they're at. 
mainstream medicine, the focus is disease. Is disease oriented? Yes. Right. Yep. So if you have a disease process, what medications or prescription drugs can I give you to help that disease process? It might not help cure it, but it might be a band aid. But you know, it's going to help with the symptoms. So it's a different paradigm. It's a disease oriented model, the mainstream medicine. Yep. And my model is wellness oriented. Yep. So even though you're in the so called normal range of labs. You're not in the optimal range right. for your body, right? Because normal does not mean optimal. Correct. Normal is just like, eh, you know, you're existing, right? Exactly. But people don't want to just exist that come see me. They want to be their best. Yes. They want to be healthy. They want to feel well. Because you could not be sick, but not be well at the same time. Does to- that make sense? It totally does. So in my practice, I get people from from well, you know, to better or to best. Yeah. Or, so so it's, a, it's a totally different paradigm. It's a totally different way of thinking. And, and I'm so happy to say that I can do that. Like what a, what a great, what a great, uh, I had another woman on here, Kat, yeah. who's a very good friend of mine. They mm-hmm. actually started up a wellness clinic about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Very similar. But, and we had the same very discussion, but hearing your point of view, having come from traditional right. medicine, I love this bridging the gap thing here. Right. It just bridges the both worlds. And love I, it. And I don't, you know, and, and I tell people, don't be hard on the doctor that's treating you just yeah. because they don't know what I know. Because you know what you know, but you don't know you, what you don't know. Exactly. And so you can't be critical of others that don't know what you know. Yeah, right? But right. that's why you're seeing me. Right. Because I could help you in another way. I'm not really fond of bashing people because yeah. I love... Yep keeping positive right and the doctors they're doing the best that they can with the knowledge base that they have right yep and they can and and you know god bless them for for keeping for doing what they do to keep you where you're at and keep you healthy right but what i do is something different and i offer them something different but the people have to work for it when they see me yeah because they're they're exercising choosing the right um, foods, having good sleep hygiene, right? Like I didn't, I didn't even um, notice the the value of sleep until I did integrative and functional medicine, right? Wow. Remember, I bought one of your beds, and yes. I love your 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 the quality of the bed yeah. even makes a huge difference, oh, yeah. right? But that was part of the routine of being able to to have that good sleep hygiene, which maybe a lot of people don't do when they go to a mainstream medicine doctor if they don't sleep they might get like a prescription drug for sleep for example right but i will talk to them about the whole sleep hygiene like the whole routine of sleeping what we could do to help you get better sleep which is like a whole slew of things and the last thing i would do is give them if ever a prescription drug for sleep right but the thing is i have the time to do that because i'm i'm with patients for 30 minutes to an hour and so it's it's different so you're for me. Actually, yeah. getting to know. So I'm getting to know them. I'm getting to know their lifestyle, and I'm getting to figure out what can be the best for them. What's going to work for their lifestyle, right? Like if people say, you know, I can't exercise because I don't have energy. So guess what? My job is to help them have energy, right. So they can exercise. Yeah. So that's what I do, right? So I come and meet people from where they're at, and that's exactly. what's important. So and that so, I could help them to be better. I love that. And and so what would you say percentage-wise 
our population, how many people are, are on medication to, to mask something, to put a Band-Aid on something like anxiety, depression? Oh, my God. That's another thing. I will tell you that. Talk to me about that. 80% of people that are on Prozac don't need to be on Prozac. Okay? 80%. Oh, easily, but 20% of them really do. They do. And I would never take them off. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And that's just approximate. But there's so many people that, and so, but when I and see Prozac somebody. Prozac is for depression. Right. And anxiety. But when I see somebody that's on anti anxiety or antidepressants, I don't take them off of their medicines right away right. because their body might be dependent of on course. it. So, you know, and I tell people, I don't know if you're in that 20% or 80% yet. Mm. I don't know if you if you really need it because physiologically you might need it. But luckily, I'm the type of doctor that can help figure that out for you. Uh, a lot of, there's a, so much anxiety and depression right now, especially among teenagers that I see, you know, since COVID, right? Yeah. That COVID anxiety is a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And, and I am And so, you've noticed an uptick since COVID oh, with teenagers. 100%. And I see a lot of teenagers, you know, there's, it's such a complicated issue, but a lot of them have social anxiety just because they didn't get, think about it. There were kids that, that missed the whole social development of junior high school Yeah. because they were at home when they were supposed to be learning how to deal with their own changes in their body and their, and meet and socialize with peers, and they never had that. Yeah. So this, their social delay, just with kids not going to preschool and not doing junior high and missing out on that socialization, because school is so important for socialization. Yes. And so many kids didn't have that. So just think about it. And then they just felt inadequate because of things that they just saw on social media, right? Because, you know, a lot of social media is living the life that you want to have, not living yeah. the life you have, it's right? It's the highlight reel. <laughs> right, it's a highlight. People just show what is positive and happy in their life, right? right? But it. they never show you when you have a shitty day, yeah, yeah. right? Because who wants to hear about that? Right. So, so it's unrealistic, right, yep. that people see how other people may or may not live and... And this is what they're comparing their own lives to. And then they don't feel well. And then they didn't get the help that they needed. Right? Yeah. Because they couldn't see the doctor. Right. Yeah, that's right. Right? You couldn't even see the no, doctor unless you, you had COVID or you're dying. And then, so it's just like, there's just so, there was just so much that was missing in, in the healing. So people couldn't even see counselors or do therapy unless they did it by Zoom. And there's a lot that's lost in a communication when it's not face to face. Face to face, like belly me to and belly. You, yeah. Where I could see you and I could see your reaction. You can feel right? energy. I feel. You can... And people, um, you know, I. I worry about the text generation where people are texting. You know, they're breaking up on text. They're quitting on text. Yeah. You know, people don't even, you know, no. they don't have um, the social skills. And so, of course, that's going to lead to a lot of social anxiety. And so the so two years later, now they're seeing doctors and they're, and they're anxious, so they're putting them on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medicines that they may not need. Right. But that's what they're, they, they need right now because they want to make sure they don't hurt themselves or hurt others. Yeah. Right? So you can't ever, you can't ever dismiss when someone's not well mentally. Ah, right, right. 
you can't emotionally. Just... You can't say, oh, you're <clears throat> fine. Fine is a four-letter word. I tell my kids, if I ask them how they do, you better not say fine. Yeah. Because then I know you're not good. That's that's so true. Fine, that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out yeah. to, I don't really want to talk about how I feel right now. Leave me alone. You're right. And I hate that. So they're not allowed to say that. I need more. And yeah. when you hear a kid say, fine, you better think again. You better say, okay, you better go get into it. Dig a little deeper. You better. Better. Di- or, yeah, I'm you fine. Or get them help. No, fine a is a four-letter word. No. It's just not, it's not fine. Things are not you're just, just You're fine. so right about that. Yeah, but it's, um, it's too easy to let social media and TikTok and everything babysit our kids, right? Right. To occupy their time, and they're they're never bored because their mind is consistently stimulated. So they don't they have lack of desire for other things. It's crazy. Yes. So people can get lost. People can get lost. Like you know, I had a a girlfriend who told me, "Oh my God, two hours later, I'm still on TikTok." I'm like, "Why? (laughs) Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? You know, just." Stop it already. So, and so for me, I like the one-on-one interaction yeah. with people. You know, so I like me, breaking bread with people. I like for sure. Eating and, Absolutely. and socializing. We, that's what my wife loves you because we've yeah. gone out to dinner with you a couple yeah. times. Yeah, That's we the love, greatest. That's, you know, and, and dancing. I was like, oh, yeah. over the weekend, I was dancing with people and it was just fun. It was yeah. just, you know, in not afraid that I'm touching them. While I'm dancing, you know, we're bumped into each other. Oh my gosh. You know, no we're way. not six feet apart. You yeah. know, it's, it's crazy. And so, give me the speaking of six feet apart and speaking of masks and all that stuff. What do you think is the, what, what how do you think this is going to unfold in the next several years? Let's talk about the children that have been oh. masked up, been at home on Zoom, especially the mask thing in school for the past two years. Well, you know that. Where do you think this is going to go? Do you think we've seen the, the repercussions of this? Do you think it's going to play out over years? Well, I think what's going to, what we have is are a lot of kids that are socially inept, yeah. basically. Yes. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. So those kids need to be more socialized. When you can't, I mean, they've actually changed developmental milestones for children. They have. Because they can't, it's the, delayed because kids are not seeing faces of adults because of the mass. Right. So they don't know, they don't understand emotion. Yeah. Because they can't see can't it. Can't see it. They, can't, they haven't seen it. Yeah. So it's, it's um, I worry about, of course, I worry yeah. about that because I worry about them emotionally because we're supposed to, you know, we, we the, the emotions that they know are the emojis that they see, yes. right? But not real people. On the phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you need to see real people's faces. So, um, California will probably be one of the first states where it's the pandemic is an endemic now, right? Yeah. Where it's just everywhere. Okay, it's just a cold, people. <laughs> so, yeah, is our life just? Yeah. It's just a cold now. Yeah. So just 
you know, yeah, live. let's live and move on. And, but and don't be afraid. Don't yeah. be afraid. Don't be afraid. I say, don't be afraid. Because everybody that I'm looking around, there's still a ton of people wearing masks. Yeah, they're afraid, you know. And, by themselves, um, outside, in yeah, cars. Yeah, why are you wearing a mask in your car? <laughs> yeah, or outside by yourself, guys. <laughs> why? Why are you doing that? I don't know. It's the fear-mongering yeah. that went on with the and media. I and I don't want to live in fear. No. I don't. I really don't. Yeah. So um, I know... Um, for me, when people see me face-to-face in my office, they don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm okay with it because yeah. I'm okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good. But I just, um, you know, I still respect people's choices. Right. They, they could do what they want because I, I respect people's choices. Um, and But I don't want to live in fear. And I think it's just been a very big disservice for for us right now to to live in fear. Yeah. So I hope that we can just move forward from that. Uh, I, I, and um, 100%. And be more social with each other. 100%. And not be afraid. Faith over fear. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Faith, faith over, faith, ladies right? and gentlemen, listen to me. Faith yeah. over, stop Roger, being afraid. It's okay. Have that faith. It's okay. It's just a cold, people. At <laughs> this <laughs> point, it is a cold. It's just a cold. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. <laughs> you know, you know, I was hoping I got the Omicron, and I never did. I was like, oh, my I whole wish family, I had, my whole family. I wish got, I, I, mean, I know. I just, just, just get it over with, yeah. and then, then you're good. It's like another flu or cold that we had. Yeah, big deal. Check it off. Move forward. Drink lots of water. Take no, your vitamin D. It's good. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because the fear. Yeah, the, the fear will, will they, literally. They prove that there's more fear-based deaths from uh-huh. COVID than actual. Because yeah. people were afraid and fearing it and manifesting it. Yeah. And That's not, a thing. And yeah. And not to say if you're really sick, seek help, right? Yes. I don't want you to, to feel like if you're really sick that you shouldn't see a doctor. Seek help. You know, I'm a doctor and I always come from a place of health. But I've just seen too much fear. And I've just seen people um, forget about just common sense things, right? I don't even want, I don't even know why they call it common sense because it's just not, it's not so that common. common. It's just not that common. It's completely uncommon. Yeah. But, and so with your practice, um, what, what, what kind of shifts have you seen since you've been with the integrative practice? Obviously, because of COVID, there was some major, even you're seeing a lot more patients that have anxiety. Oh, yeah. Right? So stress. many people with anxiety and stress. It's a real thing. The COVID stress, the COVID anxiety is real. Yeah. And, you know, I just meet people where they're at. I don't judge people for how they feel or, or you know where they're at. I just know that I can help them to be better. And what's the, what's the number one, uh, like, uh, way that you get somebody that's been on antidepressant medication Mm -hmm. or anxiety when you meet them where they are, you said 80% of people taking that stuff or don't really need, don't actually need it. So I can get them off of it, but right away I don't take them off of it. Right. Right. So So what do you implement when someone comes in a lifestyle plan of, um, we talk about nutrition, exercise, sleep, and then I have, I use peptides and supplements and Mm. the natural hormones to help people have their body work optimally and be stronger emotionally and physically. And I was able to do it myself and I help people. Like one of my greatest joys is helping people to lose weight. Mm. When people have extra weight, it it wears on them emotionally and physically. And so um, when people are not comfortable in their own skin, they just don't feel comfortable emotionally, right? So when women have mood changes, 
from periods or from menopause changes or just from having a baby, right? It's a real thing when they, you have the postpartum blues. Right. If it extends for more than three months, that's not normal. And so th- that's when I help people. And a lot of those women, they end up taking, you know, antidepressants or anti-anxiety um, uh, medicines when instead I could just help them with natural plant-based hormones to supplement their body with what their body's depleted and needs so they can feel like themselves again. So it's a, you know, I check blood work. I was going to say you start with a blood yeah, panel. Start with the blood work and I check your hormone levels so I can look at you objectively, right? And then based on your lifestyle and whether or not you need to lose weight we, or, or not, or you just want to have more lean muscle. Like some, some people, they don't care about their weight. They just want more lean muscle. Because yeah. guess what? When you have more lean muscle, you're building um, and you're building muscle, you burn fat Correct. while you're sleeping. That's right. You And, and you just have more energy, yeah. right? Yep. So sometimes I just need to help people just be in better physique. And we could do that with um, the bioidentical hormones or with supplements and peptides. And I help them help their body to heal naturally and work more optimally. And so the peptides, give me a little bit about that, because I've taken some peptides over the past couple Mm -hmm. years, which peptides are natural in the body already. And from what I understand, they will um, inhibit the, your normal production of certain like growth hormones, stuff like that, testosterone. Can you get into peptides a little bit? Well, the peptides, they're basically customized amino acids. So they're amino acids and the essential amino acids means that your body doesn't make them. So you have to supplement with them. And, but what they do is that they help your cells to work more effectively and it helps actually, you can take peptides to help your own growth hormone. Yep. Right. Yep. Increase your growth hormone naturally because as we age, our growth, growth hormone will deplete and go lower with age. So when you take some, some peptides that increase your growth hormone naturally, you're not taking any growth hormone. You're just helping your body produce more growth hormone and help your body um, like just age gracefully and get stronger and get leaner, but not, you don't necessarily need growth hormone. So I will give people peptides so that they could be stronger and, you know, they have more energy to work out. They make more lean muscle. They, they lose weight. They have better focus, concentration. They have better sex, you know, all of those things. I mean, one of my, my favorite um, peptides is, is one that helps women with multiple orgasms and helps Ooh. men with erections. Yeah, hey. I should have brought you some. Hey. <laughs> Next time I'll bring it. Hey. I will do a show on that. Not yeah. that we need any the, of that. The sex shot. It's always the, the sex just, shot, you yeah, say? It's the sex shot. The it's sex PT-141. shot. PT-141. It's great. It's, a hor- it's actually a, a peptide that helps. Um, it's like a natural Viagra. Wow. Yes. And it's, Listen um, up, ladies and I gentlemen. I know, right? Huh? The so, sex shot yeah. by Dr. Melinda Silva. Yeah, they could come and come to my office. If, and they, if they told me that they saw you, I'll give them one for free. And what? Yeah. A sex shot? The real deal, yeah. Oh, boy. I'm not responsible, <laughs> by the way. If something, they come, uh, yeah. <laughs> come in more ways than one. Yes. So. Oh my gosh. Yes, it, where is your office, by the way? Is it Chula Vista? It's in East Lake. East Lake. Yes, East Lake. 
which is um, I love it. It's close to where the um, they used to have the Olympic training center, yeah. right? So yep. world class athletes from all over the world used to come to East Lake at and and train. Yeah. yeah. And to get stronger, and uh, my office is is there next to a lake. Oh, that's great. Yes, you you have the view of the mountains and the lake yeah. right there, and it's really easy to get to off the 125. So and, I love it. And so the peptides, which one, which one is the besides the sex shot? Yes. What's the most popular? Is well, that the, the most, most popular one. Well, that's a popular one, but I think the most popular one is going to be the CJC epimarlin. Yeah. So that's going to help build your growth hormone naturally. And growth and, hormone. Uh, Educate a little bit on growth hormone, just so people understand how important it is to have a good growth hormone production in your body. Well, growth hormone is usually made during sleep. Right. So people that have broken sleep, or you don't have good sleep, or you have you don't have sound sleep, right? You're not getting that REM sleep. You're not only making um, growth hormone, you're not making a lot of your hormones. And that's why people will wake up feeling tired, mm. right? And um, so for me making sure that people get good sound sleep and they make your, you make your hormones usually between two and five in the morning. No kidding. So if you're waking up during that time, you might not have adequate amount of hormones. So then you're, you're not going to be as alert and awake in the morning as you could be. Right. And then another hormone that is responsible for um, the sleep wake cycle is going to be cortisol. And the problem is, is that when people have, too much stress, their cortisol gets burnt out. So there's what we call a circadian rhythm with cortisol, yes. which means that in the morning, the cortisol level is highest so that when you have, um, when you wake up in the morning and the cortisol level goes up, you're supposed to wake up. And then in the evening, when you're supposed to go to bed, the cortisol level is supposed to drop so you could fall asleep. But when people have stress, that circadian rhythm is all off. Uh. So people could have cortisol highest in the morning um, when, um, or, or not, it, it de it's depleted. So then, yeah, in the morning, so they're feeling tired still. Yeah. And it could be highest at night when it's supposed to be low and low they're awake and they can't go to sleep. So, so the, the hormones have to work in concert with each other. So if you're having the other hormones working, then at night when you're having good sleep and your body is making hormones, then you're going to have optimal amounts of growth hormone, right? Mm. It's supposed to be highest in the morning. So that's why it's good to work out first thing in the morning. Because that's when your ah. your levels of hormones of testosterone and cortisol and growth hormone. And so if you can, you know, a lot of people, they work or they take kids to school and it's really hard to, to do that. But I'll even do, I have a Peloton, I'll do like a 15 minute hit in the morning. Like I don't have a lot of time, but if I can even get like five minutes in, you yeah. know, 10 minutes anything. in, anything, it doesn't matter. You don't even have to take off your pajamas. Just do something, five minutes, seven minutes. That will um, set you for the day, right? And they say one of the best things to do is use natural light in the morning to wake you up. Right. Right? So if you, if you live somewhere where you, you don't have a lot of natural light in the morning, we're lucky we're in San Diego. We could just go outside. Right. Um, but you could buy one of those natural light lamps and just put that on in the morning and wake yourself up to increase your, um, your cortisol levels so your body knows it's time to, to get going, right? Yep. And um, most people will use like caffeine or something like that. But it's good to try to do 
to do the natural things. Do that and um, drink some water and do a like five, seven minute hit. And I promise you, you will feel so much better. Just that one little thing. Just that one little thing. And people will say, well, I don't have enough energy to exercise. The thing is, is energy begets energy, right? So we're balls of energy. If we don't move, we're not going to move. You're not going to have energy. Exactly. Meaning you, you, you have, have to move. You have to move to get energy. Right. It's a, <laughs> so I tell people you have to move to to want more energy. So even if it's like five minutes. And I tell people the hardest minute of exercise is the first. First minute, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Once you get going, then it's going to be easier. Because there are a lot of times when I don't feel like exercising. Like my exercise has to be really efficient. Because remember, I'm working, yeah. right? Like yeah. when people do fitness competitions, that's a full-time job for them. I'm lucky if I have 30, 45 minutes in the day, right? right? So it has to be efficient yeah. for me. If it's not efficient, then I might not get to work out that day. And then yep. I'm not going to be happy. Right. So I'll make, a, I'll make a point to do that. And, and, yeah. and, and that's so important mm-hmm. to, to notice, to note that. 15, 20, 30, yeah, whatever even 30 you have, minutes, it whatever you have, make a difference. Yeah, you don't have to say, I'm going to work out for two hours. You're never yeah. going to do that. Right. But if you could say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you know what? Then you're going to get results because yeah. exercise is cumulative. Yep. Even if you do like 10 minutes in the morning and then 15 minutes after work, it's cumulative. It's going to be, you know, the energy in, energy out, yep. right? Well, make you it, take a, it you, you just have to make um, it a routine make it routine because once you get the routine then you're going to feel yeah. guilty if you miss it mm-hmm. you know or, like, or better yet work out with somebody that's going to hold you accountable yes that's why i have a trainer <laughs> yeah accountability is everything <laughs> oh man that's why i have a trainer because they're like where are you i'm yeah. waiting for you and they're they're going to be with you um, yeah accountability yeah. is everything I, I always i love the um the group fitness gyms yeah. You know, my wife and I went to her, she still goes to hardcore fitness. I go once in a while. It's mm-hmm. the greatest environment because you surround nice. yourself with about 15, 20 people. They're going berserk. The music's high. You can't help nice. but be motivated. Right. But you're there because you, you want to socialize and you want to be with other people. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you, you're, you don't want to let them down either. Exactly. It's easy to let yourself down, but not so easy to let others That's down. That's right. Exactly. So <laughs> my dad always used to tell me that if you can't do something for yourself, do it for someone else. Do it for someone else. Yeah. Do it for someone else. And so you know, for me, um, there were times you know since he passed and I didn't want to exercise, I could actually see him poking me in the morning. He used to call me baby, yeah. you know, because that's, that was actually my God given name, baby oh, Melinda. That's my first name on my no birth certificate. Are you yes. serious? So my family still calls me baby. You no know? way. Yeah. So it's, I had to drop it when I went to medical school. I was like, I'm not going to have baby on my <laughs> license. So I dropped it. <clears throat> my first, my legal name is baby. No baby way. Melinda. So he, um, he always called me baby until he died. And I remember when he passed and there were some mornings I just didn't want to wake up, yeah. you know, because we all have those days. Of course. We all have those days when yep. we're like, you know what? I just want to put the covers over my head and just lay in bed. And he poked me and he said, come on, baby, you could do this. Yeah. He would just poke me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So even when he wasn't around, he was still my like number one fan. I and love my that. my greatest motivator. I love that. Now, so, what would you say as far as the number one, you, you talk about hormones a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So with, let's talk about females, women, mm-hmm. women, at what point, um, are hormones just going South? Things are like all out of whack. Is it a certain age? Well, you know, it's interesting because hormone, 
um, balance happens throughout a woman's life. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen teenagers who have bad periods, cramping, anxiety. Wow. And I balance their hormones, and then their periods are normalized. And they don't have mood changes. And yeah. they haven't changed into like this evil twin. And women who after pregnancies or people that are having a hard time getting pregnant and the hormones help them to get pregnant mm. or people that um, are going through menopausal changes, but they're not quite menopause. So they're not just the hormonal changes happen throughout women's lifetime. And if you're having like really bad pe- periods or PCOS or yeah. endometriosis, you know, or fibroids or menstrual migraines, for example, and even in men, I've cured men's migraines just with balancing their hormones, yeah. right? Um, so the hormonal changes can happen throughout a woman's life. Uh, it's typical that I will see a woman when their hormones are starting to change after they have babies. Yeah. And it, it totally changes their quality of life. Like my husband says, when mama's not happy, nobody's happy, yeah. right? Because <laughs> the woman <laughs> sets the tone for the family. Totally. So if she's not good, then other people aren't, you know, the, the family not may not yeah. be as good yeah, as well. Yeah, mama, so, the woman is the nucleus and yeah. everything feeds off there. The energy, yeah, the, the tone, energy and the, the tone. dynamic. Right. So um, when I was going through changes, my husband was like, do what you need to do, babe. You got, yeah. I want you to, it was so supportive because he knew that I wasn't myself, but he knew it wasn't because I stopped loving him yeah. or there was an issue with us. It was the issue was with me. And I recognized that and I needed to get help for us. But I needed to do the work. Yeah. Right. I needed to get the get um, the help from people that could get me on the right path of wellness, and that's what I did. And because I did it for myself, I was able to do it for others. And what's yeah. the most common hormone for a woman that you immediately well, optimize? Well, the 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 first hormone to go south for women is progesterone. Proge- okay. That's the happy hormone. Yeah. So women don't have that. They can't sleep. They don't have energy. They're not happy. Yep. And then the next one to go down is usually testosterone. And yep. then they don't want sex. They have vaginal dryness. They have less lean muscle. They have fat around their belly. And then estrogen. Most women are estrogen dominant. But because um, I, I'm happy to, or to, to help with the supplementing their progesterone, that can help them with a lot of the mood changes and the weight. Yeah. So a lot of women, when they start having hormonal changes, they can't lose weight or they can't maintain the weight loss and yeah. they yo-yo. They yo-yo up and down. So it's just really important to have a balance. And when we're able to balance them, then it's easier for them not only to lose weight, but then to keep the weight off. And then that's what I do. And, and so, the, the progesterone, I use the bioidentical progesterone that's yeah. made from plant. So this one actually reduces a woman's risk for breast cancer. Having said that, I never tell a woman that you never get breast cancer because one out of eight women in this country get breast cancer, yeah, right? right? All I could say is that the hormones that I give them doesn't cause breast Got cancer, it. right? Yep. As opposed to the synthetic hormones can actually cause breast cancer. I don't ever do any of the synthetic hormones. But there are a lot of people that don't know that there's a difference. True. They think a hormone is a hormone, but it's totally not right. It's... There's differences in hormones. And explain the difference between the bioidentical and, and synthetic. So the bioidentical are, are 
plant-based. Yep. And they're made to look identical to the hormones your body makes. The synthetic hormones, like the most popular one is Premarin and Provera. Premarin is Premarin pregnant mare's urine. So it's synthesized from the urine of a pregnant horse. Wow. Not like your own hormone. Yeah. It's totally synthetic, but it kind of looks like your hormone. Yeah. But so you can imagine if you're taking too much of it or you're or you don't have receptors in your body for horses urine. Yeah. Okay. So your body doesn't know how to deal with that. Okay. Right. So the perfect example that I could give you is that when you don't want to have a um, pregnancy, you can take the birth control pill. Right. Yep. The progestin in the birth control pill is a synthetic progesterone. And it's what we call category X. Yep. That means you don't take it when you're pregnant, right? It right. prevents pregnancy. And if you're pregnant, then you gotta you gotta stop that right away because it can cause um, birth defects. Yes. Right. But when a woman can't get pregnant, when she wants to get pregnant, what do they give her? They give her progesterone. Now it sounds like progestin. Yeah. But it's a totally different hormone. Right. Unfortunately, mainstream medicine may use those terms interchangeably, but progesterone helps a woman to get pregnant and it's called category B, meaning it's safe when a woman is pregnant. Okay? Yes. Yep. So that means it's if it's safe for the woman when she's pregnant while the woman is while the baby's growing, developing, then we know it's not dangerous to the growing fetus, right? Right. So then we know that's not harmful for the baby or the mom. That's progesterone. That's the one I'm giving them. I'm giving them the one that's that's safe. The progestin, which yep. is category X, that's the one that's in the typical menopausal hormone therapy medicines. Oh, really? Yes. It goes from birth control pills, and then they give you the hormone therapy, which is the synthetic. I do not do that. That's in a different category. I use the bioidentical plant-based hormones. And even a lot of doctors don't know that there's a difference. Yeah. So they will say, why are you taking this hormone? It's dangerous. But they don't understand that it's not the same hormone as a synthetic hormone. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Most, a lot of doctors don't know that there's a difference. So they confuse the patient. So, of course, if the doctor's confused, the patient's going to be confused, right? Yeah. Because they don't know that there's a difference. So, the, so a patient might get differing views from doctors. But remember, you know what you know, but you don't know what you don't know. Totally. Right? The thing is, I know what they know because I went to medical school in California. Yeah. But if you don't have the training that I have, then you don't know what I know. Yeah. And, and so you're and saying like the traditional medicine, they're going to give, they're going to give that, that hormone that's the synthetic. Yeah. If that's the traditional hormone therapy. Yeah. It's the synthetic hormones. Wow. That's a little scary. Yes. Premarin was the number one drug in the world before the Women's Health Initiative. So there were more prescriptions sold for a Premarin than any other drug in the whole world. In the whole world. Yes. And then there was a study that showed that the Premarin Provera 
um, combination, increased risk for heart disease, stroke, and breast cancer. That's why they, instead of taking it off the market, though, they just half the dose, they decreased the dose and said you can only take it for five years because the study showed after seven years is when they had the problems. Wow. So I tell people, why even go down that path? Yeah. When you have a choice, the choice that I have, which is a natural um, hormone therapy that doesn't have those risk factors. But the problem is people don't know that there's a difference. Yeah. So they're thinking the hormones I'm giving them falls into that same category as the synthetic hormones. Right, but they don't. But they don't. And so a hormone is not a hormone. See, that's incredible. Yeah, but, but they don't know. But this, it's, it's just because you don't know. So thank God for people like you that are putting it out there and yeah. letting people, you know, educating people so that they know. They just did a feature on me, actually, on um, The Doctors. Yeah. It was it aired last month. And it's actually going to air again on April 19th. Nice. Yeah. So, and, and I talked about, I talk about my fitness journey and I talk about, you know, taking the supplements, peptides, and the hormones. Yep. And how I can get stronger. But people just have to know that there's a choice. So I empower patients with that choice, basically. And, and so I want to also talk about testosterone, uh -huh. because you mentioned it was the number two hormone uh -huh. for women. So, And I think a lot of women watching this or listening to this, I happen to know about uh -huh. this because of my friends that own the clinic, and they educated me also. But please talk a little bit into that. Like, it's no, a myth that no women one, don't yeah, need. No one would think that a yeah. woman needs testosterone. Oh, most definitely. Or has it. So Have it. what makes you a man... And what makes me a woman, right? We have the same pathways in our body yeah. for hormone. But the last hormone for both of us is estrogen. Right. That's the pathway. Men and women make estrogen. Men and women make testosterone. The testosterone turns into estrogen in our bodies. But what keeps you a man is 90% of it is going to stay as testosterone and 10% is going to go to estrogen. What keeps, keeps me a woman is 10% is going to stay as testosterone and 90% is going to go into estrogen. Ah. So, and the issue is, is when we get older, the women stop making estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone when they go into menopause or even after 35 is when yeah. the hormonal changes start happening. That's it. That's what I was saying. That's 35. It. Okay. After 35, you're going to start having these, these changes. It'll right? go down and down and, and down and down. And it's going to go down. So if you don't replace it, then your body's not going to have it because your body's not going to make anymore. It's like the factory's closed. Yep. So men will typically replace with testosterone, but it's a, it's a myth that women need testosterone, but women don't need testosterone, but they do. Women need testosterone. Yeah. That's why if you go into a nursing home, more women than men will have the fragility fractures, meaning the hip fractures, because testosterone helps keeps your bones stronger. Wow. And men have 10 times the testosterone as women do. Yeah. So that's why the men don't have as many hip fractures, and they no. don't hide from hip, hip fractures like women do, yeah. because your bones are not as strong. And men will have more as a baseline, and then they're more likely to replace it if they need it. Yep. Whereas women... They think they don't need it, so they don't replace it. Then their bones get brittle. But testosterone receptors are in the brain. So you have a lower risk of dementia if you have more testosterone. And I'm afraid of dementia. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure I have testosterone on board. Yeah. Not just to make lean muscle. Like, I couldn't make muscle, right? Right. 
unless I had a, a healthy, optimal testosterone level. Now, I don't ever super dope anyone. I see a lot of athletes, yeah. but I just want them to be in physiologic range, right? Right. Optimal so that, range. Optimal range so that they could build their own muscle naturally, right? Yep. But I don't super dope people with testosterone and, and, and stuff that makes them stronger, right? We just want them to be optimal. We right. want them optimal to be levels. in the normal range, right, that they should be in. But having said that, if you have less amount of the testosterone and you have testosterone receptors in your brain and you have less amount, well, then, yes, you're going to have more issues with memory issues and dementia. No so the testosterone helps keep your brain focused and strong and, and keep, your, um, keep your motivated and confident. So I will see a lot of men and women with lower confidence and motivation because they don't have enough testosterone. Then I give them the testosterone, and voila, they have more motivation. They're like that lion behind you. Yes. They're like strong. They're confident, right? But when they don't have testosterone, they're more meek. Yeah. And they're they're more timid, right? Yeah. So that's where the difference. And what happened? Sorry, I'm looking at my my videographer because because I've been trying to get him to go to my clinic. You have a clinic? He's like, well, well, no, the wellness clinic. Oh, okay. I was going to say. I was like, he's like, well. Because well, what, what what's the what's the downside? So the downside is you continue to have the testosterone of a woman. Yeah, a woman. Yeah. You don't need that. Do you like having don't the worry. testosterone of a woman? I'll take care of you. What's your name? Is it Chris? Chris, yeah, Chris. Chris, come and see me. Your fellow I'll Asian. Your you. fellow Asian. I'll take care of you. This is an I'm Asian gonna, clinic. Yeah, no, this I'm, is it's a, not an Asian clinic. No, I'm just not. messing around. But I'll take care of you, all right, Chris? You can trust me. He's like, what's I the downside? You. I, I don't got know. you. I got you. Well, see, see, the thing is, is that it. It is important, though, to go to a place where they are credentialed and they have the training because, unfortunately, there are places where they're not looking at you medically. Like, I'm surprised when I see patients from from some places, they haven't checked certain levels, Yeah. like estrogen in men, and you have to check estrogen in men. And a lot of places may or may not do that. And so, for me, I always come from a place of health. So oh, people yeah. know when they come to see me, I'm going to make sure that we're coming from a place of health. Um, and that's important. Yes. So, um, yes. Yeah, so the, like the testosterone, we don't want to give too much. You have to be, I tell people, it's like Goldilocks. It has to be just right. So let me ask you on that so, note. But I'm good at doing that though, because that's my training. So you can, so in some places they give too much and too much of something's not good either. Yeah. You don't want to give too much right. of it. Right. So you, it has to be just right because... Testosterone in men, if you have too little or you have too much, you're irritable. Mm. And you could be angry yeah. and irritable and mean. Yeah, not good. Oh, yeah. I call grumpy old man syndrome is low testosterone <laughs> or too much testosterone. So you have to be just right. So for me, I'm good at keeping you balanced and just right. And so and that's on, what that, I do. on that note, uh, Melinda... What about the females, the women mm-hmm. that have gone too far, that are competitors, they're bodybuilders? I have to ask you this yes. question. And they have deep voices. Yeah, I don't do that. What? How did they get there? It well, because they do too much. Can you they reverse do. it? What's the well, once it's, that it's, happens? It's going it to be done? hard to reverse if for some of them. I've heard they've messed up their axis because yeah. they went way too far. It's too far. I don't do that. 
And are they, they're doing the heavy stuff, though, usually, right? Yeah. Not just testosterone. Well, they're they're but just the, not doing testosterone. They're doing the steroids, the anabolic steroids, the other steroids. And, and on this note, like Winstrol, Alexandrolone, and whatever. Like you could do Alexandrolone, but it's but you could do a lower dose, and and I could do a I could do a lower dose for people yeah. that's safe. Yeah. So you don't have the side effects. So it's all about balance. Yeah. So for me, that's what I'm trained in, though. I'm trained in people keeping people balanced. Right. I'm not going to give too much of anything for anyone because I come from a place of health and I'm a medical doctor and I care about that. Exactly. So my question to you here is, and I'm glad you just brought it up because you said they're doing anabolic steroids. Right. Which is what I call superhuman stuff. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Right. So the op, like by by doing HRT or uh, TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, bioidentical, is that considered doing steroids? Is it the same thing? Is it similar? Well... They consider that clear that up because yeah. a lot of people ask me about that. It's because this is the this is what you need to know, JD. Yeah, is that too much of a good thing is not good. Right. So, testosterone by itself is not bad, but when you give too much of it, yeah. it's not good. Like I saw people in my clinic where you know because I I see a lot of like jujitsu, right? I see a lot of people that compete, right? Um, MMA fighters, and they're coming in with testosterone in the thousands. Right now, those aren't my patients that yeah. that I see. They're coming to see me because now they've messed up their access and they don't feel well, and I gotta fix them. Right. Yep. So I never g- let them get to that point because right. that's not my goal. Remember, my goal is wellness. Oh yeah. My yep. goal is for you to be the best version of yourself, but. That doesn't mean that you need to overdose on anything, yeah. especially the hormones. So I don't overdose people. And there's a systematic way that we do that. We check levels, we start you on therapy, and we follow you. Right. But we don't just give it to you willy-nilly. We need to make sure see where that you're at. You are, see where you're at. Yep. And that's what's important. And how often do you do blood panels with well, your patients? I'll, I'll, I'll see them first, and then I'll start them on therapy, and then I may check them Six to eight weeks from there, and then if they're good, usually they're good, then it's just twice a year. And I do everything affordable. Like my comprehensive, um, like my routine hormone panel may cost like $200. And I I haven't changed my prices in 12 years. Wow. Right? Because I care about people. So I I try to keep it accessible for people. Yeah, affordable. I, I keep it affordable. I keep the... Therapy is affordable because for me, it's about taking care of the everyday person. I'm a big supporter of the police foundation. I take care of teachers. I take care of military, you know, and and a lot of those people don't have a lot of disposable income. For me, I want to make sure that we take care of the people that take care of us. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. So that's what I do. So in my clinic, I, I... I don't have, like, even though I have a concierge practice, they don't have to pay into that. I don't charge, like, a concierge fee yes. that people charge, like, right. a monthly or a yearly fee. Yeah. I don't do that. You know, you pay for things that you use, and I don't overdose people on supplements, and I'm not fond of pushing people on supplements that they don't think that they need. I tend to be more on the conservative side. Because remember, I want your body to, to, yes. to heal naturally. So for me, it's about just getting you to the healthiest point that you can be but it doesn't have to you know cost an arm and a leg basically right, right? exactly so, totally because i care about people i used to work in a homeless clinic in venice right i volunteered yes. so for me i actually went into medicine to help people so now i could do this this therapy and i could keep it affordable for people because i can 
you know, because yeah, I own I it. Exactly. So, I love it. So. And so, um, so let me ask you this question here real quick. Um, and, and I'm going to kind of, cause we're, we're going to land the plane here soon. So okay. I want to get some, some beautiful knowledge from you being a mother of four, right. having a very successful thriving practice, one which requires a lot of your time. Yes. Your husband is also a doctor Yes. who works quite a bit. I'm assuming. Well, he works at Kaiser and Kaiser, he does yep. work at, um, he's one of the physician leaders as well. And, um, you know, and they're, and they're all about lifestyle there. So they have a, they're, you know, more flexible and more family oriented, yep. but you're right. Being a doctor, you don't stop working when you leave. Right. Right. Exactly. You have to look at emails. You have to look at things for patients. You know, it's, it's, you have responsibilities that lead, that don't stop when you leave the clinic. Yep, exactly. So it's a if if you truly care if you care about people, (laughs) right? Which I do, right? Like I called some patients on Saturday, and they're like, "Wow, you're calling me on Saturday because I care about you. (laughs) I want to make sure you're okay. Yep, you know what I mean. Yes, you know, and but that's but I went into medicine because I care about people. Yeah, I love that, and I'm here to serve them. And so, all right, so what I'm going to do here is we're going to finish this up by asking you a couple of questions to get some worldly knowledge from you. Okay. First one is about uh, how do you, with four kids, a practice that requires a lot of time, for all of the parents listening here that have children that are, that are just going through the grind, that it's hard to manage, how do, you, how, do you, how do you balance the time with work and your children and still give them everything you've got? but mm-hmm. not what's left over from work. Does that make sense? Right. Like how, cause you, I've no, I've watched your family on social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. You have the most incredible family. Your mm-hmm. kids are amazing. We were at your daughter's, uh, what's it called? Quinceanera. Quinceanera, whatever. I probably butchered that, but we were there. We were proud to be a part of it. And we just noticed the love that you guys are just a tightly knit unit so give me some worldly knowledge on how for parents listening how do you manage the balance over time like what has been your secret well i will tell you or your mindset well it it is a philosophy that i ingrained in my kids give it to me about values Mm. family values and our cultural values so i was the kool-aid mom i wanted my kids friends to come to our house so that they could know what our values were Love that. Because remember, I'm a young baby boomer, right? I'm going to be 59 this year. Yep. So I grew up with family values. I grew up with having dinner together, spending quality time together. So you may not, because we're so busy, you may not say, you know, I don't have all this time to spend with my kids, but you have quality time that you could set aside that's a priority. So like our priority time is dinner time is making sure that people are there together. We break bread together. You know, whether you pray together, you eat together, you work out together. Like one of our favorite things to do is go hiking, a family hike. When we're together in nature, because nature also gives you that sense of solace and, um, and peace and spending that quality time together. It's about the quality time that when you're together, you're mindful and you're present. Mm. I remember one of my kids, and I'll never forget this. I was like really busy uh, making dinner. And, you know, I wanted to make sure dinner was perfect for the kids. And, and I was getting everything 
prepared and my little kid was looking up at me and he was trying to talk to me and I'm like hold on honey I, I just need to finish this right and he said mama I want you to listen with your eyes mm. and that really hit me hard because he wanted to look at me he wanted me to know that what he was saying to me at that time and I tell him I tell my my kids, you have been my greatest teachers. I am better because of you. Yep. Because I want to be the best mom that I could be for you. And so for me, it was really important that my kids knew that they were my number one. And when kids just need to be loved, yep. they don't need all these fancy, like I never gave my kids even though we had the means, they didn't have the latest of whatever just because they could have it because I wanted them to teach, to, to know the value of a dollar and I didn't want them to take things for granted. Yep. And what I gave to them, and this is what I want all your parents to know, is that they just want your love. Yeah, more than That's anything. All, more than anything. They don't, more than that new iPhone. Now, they might tell you they want <laughs> a new iPhone. Yes, they but do. But really what they want is your love. And I realized that Kids don't like structure. Like I was strict. Okay, yeah. I, I was like strict. So, and that's why my kids are successful, right? Because I gave them structure. They don't want that, but they need that. They need it. So you have to have that structure in your life, and they have to have rules, right? You ha- they have to have rules that they follow, because otherwise, that's when things get kind of like lost, right? So, you know, I thought of myself like a CEO of a company, right, where I was going to manage there, and, and, and they had rules. They had, we had a, a mission statement. Our family's mission statement is our cultural values. We have faith. We do the right thing. We treat people with respect. We know the value of the dollar. We don't lie, cheat, or steal. You know, we had a mission statement, and then everybody had their roles in their family, right? Yes. And people need that. You have to have roles in your family so that they need to have chores. They need to know the responsibility of a family unit to make the family work, right? Yes. It's not just about doing their thing. It's about how you're going to contribute to the family. And when you give the kids that, then they can find their place in the world, and then that's when they can learn to be productive. And we just pray to God that they make the right choices in life. So the, the, going back to being the Kool-Aid mom, that's why I wanted their friends to know what our values were, right? I don't want drugs in the house. I want you to be respectful. I want you to, you know, be kind to each other. Those were the values that I imparted my kids and I imparted on their friends so they knew where we were coming from. Because if that's, that doesn't jive with them, then mm-hmm. this is not the right family for them. Right. Right? Yes. So my kids knew that. So they knew to be part of our tribe, these are the values that you have. Because you're going to be like, I, there's an old Mexican proverb. Tell me about your friends and I can tell you who you are. Yes. Right? Yep. So we can't like choose their friends, but we could influence them. Correct. So that's what my job was. And um, I never told them that's what I was trying to do, right? But I would invite them. We had a swimming pool. We would have parties. We would, and I would feed them. And I would talk to them. And I'd ask them, well, what do you want to do, Johnny? Yeah. What do you want to do with your life? And sometimes some of them said, wow, I never had an adult really talk to me or ask me. 
what I wanted to do or what I would, and I would inspire them. I would have them. I would help them. I would be a resource for them. And I would say, hey, listen, if you need help, let me help you. Let me guide you. Because it was so sad. A lot of them didn't have mm. that at home. Right. Right. So you, we need to empower our kids that they could be better. But this is going to be the most important thing that I will tell the parents. Okay? Yeah. And is this, is this where I'm looking at? Oh, yeah. Are they looking yep, at me? That's it. Kids will do what you do, not what you say. All right? Do you get that? Kids will do what you do, not what you say. So you can't say, you know, I want you to be respectful to people, and then you're an asshole. Yeah, right? then you're disrespectful. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm very, like, to the servers, when we go out to eat, I am very kind to the people that serve me. I appreciate them. I'm grateful for them. Yep. And the kids see that. So guess what? They're going to do that, too. <clears throat> totally. So that is like the most important thing that, I mean, that's the and most important pearl that I can give them. And just love your kids. Really. Love them. You yep. just love them. Yep. Spend time with them. Spend that time where they know that, and it doesn't even have to be a lot of time. It could be like a good 20 minutes, yep. 30 minutes, yep. right? And don't ever take fine for an answer when they, you ask them, how are you doing? And if Johnny says fine, you know what? He might it's not, not be so fine. Yeah. That's all I could say. It's and not so good. no, it's not. And so it's you know, but I get better I tell I get better with each kid, you know. I have four of them and they're all successful and they, my yeah. second son just graduated from UCLA. He's gonna go to UCLA law school and I'm just so proud, you know, it's you know, my oldest one graduated from Stanford and is teaching now and is he's in the noble field of education. Yeah, your kids are and I just I'm just so proud of them because they made a life for themselves. They were lucky to make good choices and be productive members of society. And that's all we want for them, that's right? It. We that's just want all... them to be able to make their way. Yeah. But you have to show them the path. And this is what's and important. And give them the structure early. You have to give them the structure really early. I was not, I, totally. I don't like to call myself the tiger mom. Yeah. I was the kitty mom yeah. because I, I had a lot of structure, but I never made them play the violin for four hours. Yeah. No, I made everybody play the piano for one year, but then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was because the piano, when people played the piano, they did better in math. No kidding. No, that's the studies to show that. Wow. So, um, so I, you know, I made them do that. So, Kitty mom, not tiger mom. Yes. But I, I had certain tools that just, that helped them. But the kids always made me better. All right, one question. When you, this is, and I didn't plan on asking this question, and I have to know. What's that? When, when a friend or two of your children, when they were young. Yes. When there's a child that's coming around that's um, maybe not the best influence, or you can tell that the family dynamic on that end is not good, and you can tell that something's quote unquote off what do you do at that point do you just say um i don't know if this you should be hanging out with this kid anymore or do you let the god and the universe take care of that and they just don't get attracted to your family unit because it's so positive do you know where i'm going with this yes i know i've told people no i've i've told some of my you know i've told a couple of my kids you know what that's not going to be the best influence for you yeah and i don't like that energy yeah and I'm just honest with them. You just have to be honest. But what, what, but, when they're too but, young to even know what that means. Well, I, I just tell what do you them. Do? Well, I, I talk to the kid also. I actually, if they're here, if they're with me, I just share them what we believe in our values. And then if they, and some of them don't come back. <laughs> 
you scare them just off. Not, I just no, I start, too much I positivity them. over here. I just I just tell them how it is, and if they don't like it, if they're not ready to hear it, you know. And I will say that luckily, some of them, it affected them in a positive way. Right. And so that was a good thing. Yeah, definitely. But you have to meet people where they're where at. they're at. Yeah. They might not be ready to hear what you have to say to them. And, but I never judge anyone because you don't ever know the trauma right. or the, what people live through. And people live through a lot a of lot. shit. Yes. You know? And you're like, wow, how do you do that? So you can't ever really judge people. Totally. You just know, and I just tell them, we're here to be a, a positive source of support for you. We'll be here. We'll guide you. We'll help you. Like I talk to kids all the time about what college are you going to go to? I don't, I, um, I assume that they're going to go to college. I assume. And if they don't, not, ev- not college is not for everybody. Right. You know, sometimes they're going to do much better using their creativity or going to trade school. I have no judgment on that. Just do, like, if you're going to be a pizza delivery guy, damn it, be the best pizza delivery yeah. guy that yeah. you can be, right? Right. It doesn't matter what you do in your life as long as it's, you're being productive and you're being good. Yep. And it, I don't have any judgment on that. Yep. But, you know, just, I always tell people to come from a place of compassion and to be kind. Yep. So when somebody wasn't the best influence, I would just tell people, not in front of the kid, <laughs> yeah. that they might not be the best influence. So I want you to know that. Yeah. They might not be the best influence. But I always welcome them into my house. Because you don't know why God has brought people mm, to you, right? Totally. You don't know what role that you have in their life. And you don't know if they needed to be there to hear whatever you had to say. So I welcome everyone. I love everyone. I don't have like, I don't pass judgment on people because who am I to judge? You know, only right. him up exactly. above can judge us, right? Yep. So I just, I just want to, I want to bring the best out in people, right? So you can have a bad influence in your life, but you can turn that bad influence around because a bad influence doesn't have to make you bad. You can make that bad influence better. Exactly. You can make them good or better. Yes, you can. You can make them better. They might still be bad, but maybe not as bad, right? That's right. Just because they came into your realm. No, just because you don't need to use that as an excuse. And that's what I tell my kids. You're always going to have certain influences that may not be good or bad, but you always have the choice. Yeah. That's what you have. Yep. You have the choice to be better. Yep. And, and you'll and influence them. Yeah, I mean you can influence way. them in a good way. Who knows, right? Okay, so you ready? Yes, Tom. Here's the final one. Thirty three years in with your husband. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. You clearly have the 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 flame is still burning hot over there. Mm-hmm. We can clearly see that. Mm-hmm. What's the secret to that? Because we have a lot of good sex. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it. And that's a wrap. <laughs> if you, no, seriously, <laughs> people are happiest when you're intimate with the person that you want to be with. That's just it. Plain and simple. And so in my life, in my job, I help people have more sex because hormones okay, are needed. Okay, now we're getting down to yeah, it. Yeah, th- this, get- this is the real deal. This right is here. the real this deal. This is the real deal. If you have more sex in your life, you're, you not only are happier, did you know that you live longer? Are you serious? No, I'm not even lying. If you have at least, they say, I think it's 100 orgasms a year, you'll live like eight years longer. 
A hundred orgasms a year. So that's Hold like, on, let me that's do the like math. Two or three that's two times a week. Two or, two or that's three two times a week. A week. Yeah. yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's this nothing. nothing. You know what I'm saying? So if you have, and the more orgasms you have, it's actually good for your brain. Oh my gosh. So so a so hundred years the yeah, benchmark. Yeah, that's the that's the this. that's the benchmark. So no, no, seriously, <laughs> if you can keep. And, and this is all joking aside. If you could keep the romance in your life. Yeah. And there's intimacy in all different yeah, levels. Yeah, tell me how you keep the romance. That's tell all different here. levels. It could be that text that says, honey, I, I can't wait to see you tonight. And that and, and, and hold you and just let them know you're thinking about them. It could be that, you know what, I, I left your favorite... Um, I packed something for you to bring to lunch. You didn't get to see them in the morning, but I packed a little something special for you, and mm. they're not expecting it. A little I love you on the mirror when they wake up, and that's the first thing that they see. There's little, just like little things that take just a little effort, yeah. but there's a lot of impact, Yeah. right? That People just want to know that you love them and care about them. Right. It's the same thing with your kids. They just want to know that you love them. Yeah. And when people stop thinking that you don't want to be with them or you love them, that's when trouble sits in. And it's not a coincidence that there's a lot of divorces in their 40s, right? Because women and men are going through hormonal changes. Yep. Right? And this is a this is something that I found out when I was um, seeing a lot of men when their wife who is around their same age, right? Say you're 50 years old and your, your partner's 50 years old and all of a sudden she doesn't want to have sex with you. Well, she doesn't want to have sex with you not because she doesn't love you, but her vagina might be dry from less lack of hormones, so it's not fun. It hurts, yeah, right? Yeah. And then she's tired. She didn't sleep that night, so she doesn't have energy, so sex is not a priority. So, But they blame each other for not having that intimacy, right? When right. it's not either of them's fault. They just need to get, they didn't get the right help. So think of the man who's going to want to have sex. Does he go with a woman that's like 50 years old that he thinks might not want to have sex? That's why you see them go for the younger woman yep. that they know wants to have sex with them. Because basically at the end of the day, they just want to have more sex, yep. right? And if you're, you know, so, and I saw that and I thought, mm. oh, wow, that's really interesting. So I saw that that kind of relationship going where where people... At the end of the day, they just, and you see this on TV all the time. Most of the commercials are, they're very like sexually motivated because people want to have more intimacy in their lives. And it could be by a touch, it could be with a hug, it could be with a kiss. It doesn't necessarily mean sex, but it's just that intimacy, yeah. right? And so when people's hormones are not good, then that intimacy falls. You'd say that's the number one reason is... Well, that's one of the reasons, yeah, yeah. right? Right? But usually people... I mean, that's a whole different segment. And I am and I could talk to you about what makes a marriage work and what doesn't work. Yeah. But that's a, there's a, other things that, that goes into a marriage. But when you, when you ask me what we have that keeps it going is that we have romance in our life. Right? Yeah. We you have make romance. time for we each make, other. make time for each other. And it doesn't even mean that... It's a lot of time where we're only involved with each other, right? I see my girlfriends. He has friends. He goes to the football games. He goes to the soccer games that I don't go to, right? We have a life outside of each other. But then when, we have the, when we're together, we're together, and we're present, and we're mindful, and we focus on each other, that time that we have together, and that's what's important. People want to know that you care about them, and you love them, and you're there for them and with them. 
Yes. Right? Yeah. You're intentional about it. Yes. It's, in, it's very intentional. It's very mindful. Yep. You know, because people, I hate when I go to restaurants and people are texting on the phone when they're like. Yeah. Right with each other. Right with each other. So we have a, we have a rule in our house. There's no cell phones on the d- dinner table. The TV's not even on. No TV on. No radio on. Actual no talking. Cell, no, no other media except us. Or we're the only noise. That's it. That's it. What a and concept. That's, our, that's it. That's the rule in our house when we have dinner. No TV, no radio, no cell phones. So we have to talk to each other. Actually talk to each other. Yeah, we have to talk to each other. We have to, we, have to, we have to be with each other. And we have to listen to each other. And the moral of the story is have more sex. Have more sex, basically. More, yes. Have more orgasms. Yeah. Have more orgasms in your life. And if you can't get an orgasm, I can help you. Not personally, but in my I, practice. <laughs> in my practice, you know, yes. you know, um, I help people have more orgasms. Because a yes. hundred a year and you 100 live longer. A hundred a year. You live longer and you're smarter. And you're smarter. You're Ladies smarter. and gentlemen, if that's not motivation yeah. to, to, to knock it out more often and, yeah. and to please and your it, partner. Yeah, and, it, and if you don't have a partner, please yourself, please. Hey, <laughs> Seriously. Hey, now. There's, a, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just <laughs> orgasms, however you get it. That really? Yes. Hey. If you, okay, you well, know, now this is a show. <laughs> This is how you end a podcast, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Go. Orgasms, pleasing yourself. Pleasing yourself. Wow. There's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all, right? Not at all. Not, not at all. You it's become not. smarter yes. and you live longer. You live longer and you're smarter. Yeah, my audience is going to love this yes. one. Be like, shit, I'm all over this. Yeah, you should just like... Um, <laughs> Fast forward, because we've been talking for two hours, to the last 15 minutes. <laughs> then they'll want to listen to the rest of it. <laughs> no, and then I, they'll say, wow. Whoever, whoever actually listens to the fans that we have so far, yeah. they listen to f- start to finish. Really? Oh, yeah. I am impressed. Yeah. That, I mean, there's a handful. Not everybody. Believe me. I know. they Because these are all long. Because this is what I would call the highlight reel. This is the highlight you reel here. To, you need yeah. to focus on this Oh well, well listen. 10 you, minutes. You can believe that when we do the little clips that... Yeah. <laughs> And we do the little teaser the clips that they're yeah. gonna be that they're gonna be on there for sure, right, guys? Right, my yeah. editing crew. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dr. Melinda Silva, we're gonna put yeah. all of her information on her uh, her video on her sound bites, so you'll be able to contact her if you want to have uh, more sex and more orgasms. Yes. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm it's very grateful to be here. It, so grateful to be here with you. I mean, this is a great thing that you're doing, reaching out to the community and just imparting knowledge from, you know, key speakers and uh, thought leaders and it's it's important work. So thank you. It, for it's doing my that. pleasure and the pleasure mm-hmm. it basically is all mine. And I can't tell you how grateful I am for you, Thank for you. your friendship. We've had some great date nights with you and Raphael. Yes, I hope we plan another one and soon. And I love your wife. She's Let's, amazing. Oh, we love. have the greatest time we're together. We have we, so much fun. We have so much fun. So we're looking forward to more. We'll put one on the calendar immediately. So, yes. uh, Melinda, I can't thank you enough. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Real Deal Talk. And that's a wrap. Have a nice day. Thank you.